inside. Oh my God, it's picked off at the goal line. Three gives it to Dalvin, shakes a tackle with the six. Another at the five. He's out to the left. Touchdown! Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay oh my God! Oh my God! 30, no All right, boys, welcome back to the Throne League podcast. We have a big, big, big episode ahead of us here. Obviously, this previous week was the conclusion of the regular season, so we will break down all of that action. And then we have the very, very exciting task of previewing the first round of the playoffs. Uh, But before we get there, uh, first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Jacob. How are you doing, Jacob? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I was eliminated very early, so I didn't really have much going into this week. But, you know, I swept you two uh, in our two matchups. So, you know, that's always good there. I got that bragging rights on you. But unfortunately, you did miss the playoffs there. It was a tight ending to the end of that Monday night there. Do you have any comments on that kind of uh, where you're looking? You know, Jacob, I know uh, a storyline throughout the season on this podcast has been uh, that Scott has often had the advantage over Bryce. And now this new emerging storyline is that you seem to have the advantage over me, obviously stemming back to the championship game. And then this year you you pretty much got to uh, bury the uh, bury the. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, Jacob. I'm turning into you. Actually, I've had too much exposure throughout this year doing the podcast with you that I'm also fucking up easy sayings, but you put the nail in the coffin. That's what I was looking for on my playoff hopes, uh, and you did it in pretty strong fashion, so I have to give it to you. You played very well. Despite being uh, out of playoff contention, you still were able to play uh, a playoff spoiler. But with that being said, Jacob, and before we get into all the rest of the action, there are a couple of headlines from the league that I just wanted to run down so we can kind of set the context of what is going um, to be mentioned later on when we preview some of these first-round matchups. Uh, the first topic uh, is a bit of a sad one. Uh, we just had to mention that Marius Thomas, uh, best known as a Broncos wide receiver, passed away last Thursday, December the 9th. Uh, he was just 33 years of age. Um, one little uh, interesting tidbit, uh, the Denver Broncos this past Sunday for the first snap of their game versus the Detroit Lions only sent out 10 players onto the field to honor Demarius. Um, the play would result in a delay of game penalty and Detroit would decline the penalty to pay their respects to him. So pretty sad, pretty unfortunate, um, that such a young guy went, um, any comments on that, Jacob, just always sad to lose a young guy like that. And he seemed to be really, really well liked. Yeah. Just all the stuff that was coming out, everybody saying how great of a guy he was, you know, it's always sad to see that happen there. Uh, but yeah, no, just, uh, rest in peace. I cannot agree with you more there, Jacob. Now let us get to some uh, more relevant fantasy headlines here heading into this first round of the playoffs. Um, The top comment I got here, Jacob, is that DeAndre Hopkins for those Arizona Cardinals is expected to miss the rest of the regular season with a sprained knee that he suffered on that Monday night loss to the Rams. But they do expect him to return at some point during the postseason. Um, elsewhere, let's take a look at a team that certainly does not have any playoff hopes at all this year. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they've really turned into a dumpster fire this year. Trevor Lawrence has been, uh, releasing some comments, making some headlines about how he's frustrated with the way that the team's been handled. Uh, a couple quotes from him here. He said that you're always going to have some form of drama. I've learned that the NFL is just more drama in general than college. 
no matter where you're at. Um, he also went on to say, but you're right, there's been a lot to the, to your point. I do think that has to change, and that's something that we need to work on for sure. Um, even Marvin Jones came out and said that uh, Urban Meyer had yelled at him and left the facility for a bit, and that Meyer called his assistant coaches losers during a meeting. Uh, to this point, Jacob Urban Meyer has denied all allegations against him. Actually, former Jacksonville Jaguar kicker Josh Lambeau, or maybe still currently a kicker, I'm not sure what his status is, uh, claimed that the coach kicked him during practice and said that he can kick whoever the fuck he wants. So, Jacob, any comments on the struggling Jacksonville Jaguars and where their future might be heading? Yeah, Urban's just, uh, he's in a different world, you know. Uh, I I don't know. There's just all those comments coming out with it. It's just kind of crazy to see. Like, why? I don't know why you take the job at that point when he doesn't. It, it's just been a dumpster fire. That's really all you could say about the Jacksonville Jaguars this season. And you know, it's it. It might be a uh, wrinkle in uh, Trevor Lawrence's career, and it could uh, kind of hurt him going forward. Yeah, you never want a young kid like that. You want to try and help him as much as you can, and clearly. Uh, that has not been the case in Jacksonville, and that is unfortunate to hear. Uh, another storyline about another couple of young quarterbacks, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts' availability for Sunday's game against the Washington football team is currently in question. Uh, he and Gardner Minshew are splitting first-team reps to start the week. Hurts obviously injured his ankle on November 28th against the Giants. However, head coach Nick Sirianni believes that he's trending upwards, so something interesting to monitor there. The Eagles certainly are on that playoff cusp. And uh, there's a couple of players on those Eagles that are still fantasy relevant. Uh, something that hits close to home, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, quarterback Baker Mayfield has tested positive for COVID-19, as has Coach Stefanski and several other players on the team. Uh, things are looking a little dicey. Obviously, the Browns play an important game this week against the Las Vegas Raiders. Playoff implications are abound. So we will have to monitor that closely as we get nearer to Saturday's game. Another team struggling with a lot of COVID is the Washington football team. They are currently up to 18 players. Uh, nine of those are potential starters for the Washington football team. Another team that is also on the playoff cusp. And to round things out, let's talk about uh, a guy who plays for the division rival Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is they, uh, the team is currently holding out hope that he could start against the Green Bay Packers this week. Uh, fun fact, Jacob, he's actually never missed a game due to injury, which is kind of surprising considering how often you hear those headlines that Lamar Jackson won't be able to last in the league due to his style of play. Currently, the backup quarterback, if Lamar is not ready to go, will be Tyler Huntley, who actually did win uh, his previous start when Jackson would miss due to COVID against the Chicago Bears. Uh, Jacob, that wraps up the headlines around the league as we head into this first round of the playoffs. Any comments? Yeah, you know, the only thing that could keep Lamar Jackson out is uh, diarrhea. So, you know, uh, hopefully he doesn't have that. Maybe he could go this week for, you know, it's not fantasy relevant in ours because, you know, Caden barely missed the playoffs there. But, yeah, uh, nothing really else for me there. Yeah, it is interesting. Obviously, Lamar was carted out uh, in the game against the Browns. It's typically pretty rare that you'd see a guy carted out and then he'd play the next game. But Lamar... Uh, would seem to be that type of player. But as I said, that does wrap up the headlines around the league. So that now transitions us to uh, breaking down the final week of the regular season. Would you like to get us started, Jacob? 
Yeah, I can get us started here. Uh, I'll jump over to the first matchup uh, of Aiden versus Brian here. So this one didn't have any playoff implications into it or really any ways of getting out of the wing uh, contest, but it was a uh, high-scoring matchup. Aiden prevailed over Brian 146.6 to 125.4. Excuse me. Uh you know, looking kind of into this matchup, Brian's been on a downward spiral. He's lost, I think, 10 straight, maybe 9 straight. It's been a uh, tough season for a good old uh, B-Weight here. But, you know, and, you know, it's just been riddled with injuries. Uh, he had to go with Jimmy Garoppolo in the start at quarterback. He got him 20 points there, so, you know, it was a good fill-in for Jalen Hurts. Uh, but um, it's not going to win him a, a matchup when somebody drops 140 against you there. Uh, Clyde's been looking good as well as Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette's been a pretty uh, surprising star this year in the uh, fantasy football area as he has really uh, come into form to where he was looking two or three years ago. And he's actually reached reach the end zone, which he did trouble. He did have some troubles early in his career. Uh, DK Metcalf's been quite a disappointment for Brian's team. They're spending a uh, second round pick on him. He has not gotten the value out of him only getting him 8.3 points and then that's really been the story of brian's wide receiver position this year sterling shepherd in the lineup marvin jones jr these guys you know they're not going to be putting up 20 30 points on a consistent basis where you're going to try to win a matchup like this Noah Fant had a pretty terrible game 9.1 points but you know it's your tight end position it's hard to get value out of there and then Packers D and Justin Tucker got him uh, 13 and 15 points respectfully. So he did have a great uh, week this uh, week, but he just couldn't get the win. But, you know, it, it shows some promise for him going into the loser's bracket here. Looking over at the winner there, uh, Aiden started Taysom Hill, left Russell Wilson on his bench, which turned out to be the right decision there. Taysom Hill against the Jets got him 26.1 points. Uh Chubba Hubbard was a starting running back, 9.3 points, kind of not the same production that you're getting out of McCaffrey, uh, which maybe is what he was expecting when trading for him. And Cordell Patterson, 13.9. He's Cordell's been really good this year, but just did not do great this week. Chris Godwin's been very consistent, got him 20.5 points this week. Uh, Marquise Brown was another acquisition for his team, and that only got him 9.1 points as they lost to Cleveland. Uh, and then he started Austin Hooper as he was the only really uh, available tight end for the Browns this week as uh, Njoku and whatever his other name is uh, were out. And then Hunter Renfro was a huge surprise this week as he, uh, he faced Kansas City Chiefs and ended up scoring 28.7 points, which was the difference in this matchup here. And then the Browns D and Young Ho Koo for his defense and kicker got him 13 and 12 points respectively so Aiden took this one kind of solidified him in the number nine spot going into the wing eating contest so they'll be matching up again as we break it down later in our preview but Johnny what do you got for us next Jacob let us take a look at a matchup that certainly could be a preview of the championship game that is a matchup between Bryce and Jake Christian Dior Dior versus Taylor Maid uh, this matchup did see Bryce taking it 118.2 to 92.5 and securing himself a first round bye. As I said, if these two guys were to meet up again, it would be in the championship game based on the way they have seeded out uh, with the results of this matchup. So let us first take a look at Jake's team. Obviously, the big story for him this week was he was going to be without Jonathan Taylor. 
uh, certainly the most productive fantasy player on his squad. So uh, his replacements, Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones, did not too shabby, but couldn't provide that, you know, I mean, Jonathan Taylor has been simply ridiculous this year. But let us start from the top. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins played on Thursday Night Football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. How did he fare? Not so well. When the lights were on, or not when the lights were on, but typically when the lights are on, Kirk Cousins has struggled. He has one of the worst primetime records, I believe, currently in the NFL. But his team did still get the win despite him only throwing for 215 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and a couple of picks. Uh, you can thank uh, Dalvin Cook for that, and I'm sure we'll break that down in just a little bit. His performance was huge on Thursday night there. Uh, Austin Eckler, 12 carries, 67 yards, a couple of catches for 17 yards. He also found the end zone on the ground, 16.4 points. Aaron Jones, the Packers absolutely walloped the Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football. Aaron Jones would find the end zone on the ground and through the air in that one. Chase Claypool, uh, probably the biggest highlight that came out of that game was when Chase Claypool got up uh, when time was very important for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, near the end of that game and decided to celebrate rather than get the ball over to be spiked. Uh, he did still have eight catches for 93 yards, one of his better days on the season. Terry McLaurin would leave this game with injury. He would finish with zero points. He did have four targets, just couldn't bring any of them in before he left that game with injury. At the tight end position, Rob Gronkowski, five catches and 62 yards as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got past the Buffalo Bills. At the flex, he went with double Green Bay Packers running backs here. A.J. Dillon would play second fiddle to Aaron Jones in this one. He could not find the end zone, but did finish with 71 rushing yards. Graham Gano did the kicking and got only one point, and the Bengals' defense managed four as they lost to San Francisco in overtime. Now on the flip side, for Bryce, Dak Prescott at the top, a rather lackluster game against division rival Washington football team, 211 yards, one touchdown, a couple of picks, uh, just under 10 points. Najee Harris, 20 carries, 94 yards, a rush touchdown, and three catches for 10 yards and a receiving touchdown. Alvin Kamara, freshly acquired and freshly healthy for those New Orleans Saints. 27 carries, 120 yards, one touchdown, and four catches for 25 yards. Watch out. Alvin Kamara could be a big, big deal uh, when Bryce's team gets going in the second round of the playoffs. Debo Samuel, he returned from injury and found the end zone on the ground again. This guy, they're starting to call him a WRB for a wide receiver slash running back with how much he is rushing the ball. He is leading the 49ers in rushing this year. C.D. Lamb had uh, seven catches for 61 yards, 14.6 points. Not a bad total there. Dawson Knox, he's typically good if he finds the end zone, and he did find the end zone against the Buccaneers. He finished with 19 points. Sony Michelle, 20 carries for 79 yards, a high uh, work volume there on Monday Night Football, but not super productive all the way around, just 7.9 points. Daniel Carlson did the booting in this one, two points, and the Panthers' defense grabbed just two points as they were upset by the Atlanta Falcons. That was the difference in this one, Jacob. Which matchup do you have next? Let's jump over to a team that slid right into the playoffs. Uh, it will go to Austin versus Jack here. We had garbage team versus the Wyoming babyface cam your neuters here. Uh, so we'll take a look over at Jack's team here real quick. Uh, started Cam Newton this week uh, as Stafford was left on his bench there. I believe Cam Newton ended up getting benched in that game, and it ended up being costly for Jack as it allowed him to lose the matchup. But, you know, big promise for Jack is his two running backs, Dalvin Cook and Javante Williams. Those two have been in their stride here going into the end of the season and could tr prove to be some somebody who keeps him out of that wing-eating situation. 
Julio Jones coming back off of IR, only getting 7.3 points. Had to start Marquez Valdez-Cantley as he did have five players on his bench not score a point due to injury and buys. Uh, so it was unfortunate he had to get a guy like that into his second wide receiver position. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones had to go in over Hawkinson, only 1.8 points. And then Amon Rossate brown only scoring 15.3 points for him, which is kind of pretty good for him there. But Detroit did end up losing to Denver. I uh, started the Cardinals D. Uh, well, you could say that he was trying to hold them out of it, but there was a last-minute insert. Uh, only getting him one point didn't really matter there, and then Greg Joseph got him 12 points there. So Jack could not do enough to take down Austin's team this week, which was pretty much led straight from Tom Brady. Tom Brady got him 30 points there as that game did end up going into overtime, I believe, and uh Tom won that for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over Buffalo as uh, I think Josh Allen got hurt in that game. Um, And then Joe Mixon and Kareem Hunt did not have good games, 8.8 points and 3.8 points. You know, these guys have been pretty good throughout the year. Uh, Joe Mixon's been a consistent running back, but just didn't have it uh, on Sunday. And Kareem Hunt, who's just coming off injury, uh, could not get it going against the Baltimore defense. Mark Cooper had 16.1 points as he, he's been struggling with the injury bug, but came back, put up a solid performance. And the Mike Evans, 21.1 points, got him a decent amount of points to get him, uh, get Austin the win there. Jared Cook had to go in for the tight end position, 8.8 points. And then Dave Montgomery, 14.1 points. Uh, and then defense and kicker, 8 for the Saints D and the Mac A got him 14 points to secure him the victory on uh, Monday night there. So Austin ended up getting into the playoffs as he did take down Jack uh, 124.7 to 112.4. What else you got for us, Johnny? Jacob, let us take a look at the guy who Steno pushed right out of the playoffs. He blew right by him in this one uh, with that win over Jack, and that was Caden. Caden took on Joe this week, Joe's spot. Uh, he already is in the playoffs. I don't think this matchup mattered a whole lot unless a really, really crazy scenario happened, but that did not play out. Uh, Caden would win this one 140.9 to 124.6. Caden would fall just 42 points short of breaking the tiebreaker with Steno. So he misses the playoffs this year. Um, you know, even though he won the matchup, a disappointing performance from Lamar Jackson, but that's mainly just because he left this game with injury. Uh, you know, Caden went out to make a big trade. What could have been a game-changing trade for him just ultimately didn't come to pass. As I said, he left that game with injury. James Conner, though, is a player who certainly gave Caden a good shot down the stretch. Uh, he's quickly turned into RB number six. He found the end zone a couple of more times this week and had a really, really nice day receiving nine catches for 94 yards. He broke the 30-point mark. Alex Collins has... Not surprisingly, he was not good in this one. Uh, he has not been good all year long. Seven carries for 16 yards um, and just one catch for one yard there. DeAndre Hopkins, we mentioned he's out for the remainder of the regular season, but he did get five catches for 54 yards uh, in the game on Monday. Jarvis Landry, five catches, 41 yards, and another touchdown for him. So Jarvis is picking up a bit of momentum. Pat Fryermuth at the tight end position did find the end zone, broke 11 points, just two catches on the game, though. Uh, at the kicker position, Tyler Bass, nine points, and the Dallas defense, 24, as they were really, really good against that Washington football team. They were a big part of the reason that they were able to beat Washington, and really what's been turning out to be kind of the story of the year is just how good Micah Parsons is. Uh, he's a big part of that Dallas defense there, and only a rookie 
Uh, now on the flip side, let's take a look at Joe's team. Patrick Mahomes. All oh, the Chiefs absolutely beat the Raiders black and blue. 258 yards and a couple of touchdowns from Mahomes. This game was mostly won on the ground and by the defense of those Chiefs. Running back Nick Chubb was a little lackluster. 17 carries, 59 yards, no end zone appearances. Josh Jacobs, 9 carries, 24 yards, and had 5 catches to get him up to 10 points. Justin Jefferson continues to be just really, really good. Simply one of the best receivers in the league. 7 catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown. And that's not to mention that I watched that game on Thursday and Cousins missed him wide open a couple of times. He was targeted 15 times in the matchup. T. Higgins at wide receiver number two had five catches for 114 yards. Tight end Tyler Conklin, just two catches for 20. At the flex position, Tyler Lockett. You mentioned earlier DK Metcalf didn't have a good game. Well, Tyler Lockett did for the Seattle Seahawks. Five catches, 142 yards, and a touchdown. He continues to be one of the most polarizing boom or bust candidates in the league. Kicker Mason Crosby got nine points, and the 49ers defense managed eight. So, unfortunately, even though this matchup ended in a victory for Caden, it was not all that he wanted it to be, as he will head to the consolation ladder for the remainder of the season. Which matchup do you have next, Jacob? Let's jump over to a matchup of two playoff teams. They're locked going into this one. I don't think it really matters for seeding, but uh, Scott took down Nutter here, 133.2 to 98.4. Looking over at how Scott's team pulled this off, uh, Justin Herbert was pretty good, 24.7 points as they took a win over the Giants. Saquon Barkley had a decent game, 18.5. You know, you're not, it's hard to see Saquon hitting into those 30s numbers, but can't count him out on that. Urban Meyer, as we said, has been a shit show, and he really does hate James Robinson as he only got .4 points there. And uh, Scott's going to have a question mark going into his running back position moving forward. Uh, but Stephon Diggs, a decent 14.4 points, but, you know, it, Scott's liver died by Cooper Cup. 31.3 points. The guy just can't stop scoring uh, plus 25 plus points per game. And Mark Andrews had a good day, 28.5 points. And then uh, he threw a tight end to, into his flex as he got 1.4 points. With Jalen Waddell on bye that week, he was struggling to find who to get in there. And then uh, the Seahawks, D, got him 4.4 points. And then Brandon McManus got him 10 there. So Scott's team, you know, put up a good amount of points, but there were some guys sitting in single digits that he's going to need to figure out to try to boost his team uh, into a championship-level team. Looking over at Nutter's team, it was quite an underperformance this week as uh, you know, he did not reach 100 points. But a bright spot on his team is Aaron Rodgers, 29.6 points. He looked great against the Bears on Sunday night. Uh, Zeke had a very disappointing game, only 9 points. And then Gibson as well, only getting 4.1 points. Uh, so, you know, Nutter's running backs have been consistent throughout the year, but not this week. They were... Uh, pretty bad for him against Scott, who he could be seen in the playoffs later on. Uh, but his wide receivers, they did a, a decent job, 14.4 points for DJ Moore, and then Deontay Johnson, 15.3. Uh, when those guys are hitting, it's tough to see both of them hit in a week, but you know when they get their average points, it's a good start for uh, Nutter's team. Kyle Pitts had a decent day, 11.1 points, and then in his flex position, Jamison Crowder only ended up getting him 4.9 points, uh, which was unfortunate. And then Broncos D got him nine, and then his kicker only got him one point in there. So, you know, these two teams are vying to uh, 
win the championship as uh, they have been pretty good throughout the year. Nutter won down the stretch, and Scott's been one of the strongest teams throughout the year. Uh, Johnny, what's the next one you got for us? Jacob, it was a three-horse race for that final playoff position. We've already hit two of those horses, so let us talk about the last horse in that race. Uh, It saw me versus you, uh, the second battle of the co-host matchup this year. Um, It was the second time we did it. It was a little bit later on in the year, but it was still that same result. You came out on top in this one. Costed me my darn playoff spot by a final score of 136.7 to 134.5. Arguably the marquee matchup of the week, but I guess that could be disputed. Obviously, Caden put on a nice show against uh, Joe. So let us first start with my team, see where things came up a little bit short. Uh, quarterback Kyler Murray on Monday Night Football threw for 383 yards, nearly attempted 50 passes. Couldn't get that ball into the end zone, though, and did toss a couple of picks. Uh, he grabbed 61 rushing yards and finished with 17.3 points. Not a bad total, but not enough to push me by in this matchup. Uh, at the running back position, Devontae Freeman, 13 carries for 64 yards and five catches for eight yards. He continues to have a pretty consistent floor, even if he doesn't have much of a ceiling. Dontrell Hilliard certainly has almost uh, no ceiling at all. Six carries for 13 yards in that one, just 1.3 points. Tyreek Hill, four catches for 76 yards. Uh, Nick Westbrook-Ekeen had three catches for 31, just 6.1 points. Uh, a guy who has completely emerged after his injury is George Kittle. Kittle would have 13 catches, 151 yards, and a touchdown. That brings his total over the last two weeks, Jacob, to 21 catches for over 330 yards and three touchdowns. He's come back in a major, major way. He's already brought himself up to tight end position number three just over the last two games. At the flex position, Darrell Williams had three catches for 31 yards through the air despite being the running back, got a touchdown, didn't have much action at all on the ground. The kicker, Harrison Butker, for the Kansas City Chiefs, had 14 points, an active day there as the Chiefs did get all the way up to 48 points. And the Chiefs' defense, for me, grabbed 25 points, would find the end zone on a fumble recovery, would also have four sacks and four total fumble recoveries in that game. On to the victor side, Jacob. Let us take a look at your team. Josh Allen had a big, big game, even if they came up a little bit short. 388 yards, a couple of touchdowns, an interception, but his real stat line begins now. 12 carries, 109 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Uh, he got 34.9 points in that one. Melvin Gordon said, hey, 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 hold up, Javante Williams. You may be good, but I'm still here. 24 carries, 111 yards, and a couple of rushing touchdowns there. Jermar Jefferson, a bit of a blemish on your roster this week, Jacob. He would not record a single stat. Uh, he was mostly phased out in favor of a couple of other running backs there for Detroit. Jamar Chase, five catches for 77 yards and a couple of touchdowns. He's finally back and in good graces after having a couple of lackluster weeks. Uh, Brandon Ayuk would have the game-winning touchdown reception in that overtime game against the Bengals. And Jamar Chase, six catches, 62, and a touchdown to be his final line. Travis Kelsey finished the season in a rather disappointing fashion. Three catches for 27 in that one. And at the flex position, Mike Williams, six catches for 61, got him 12.1 points. Evan McPherson would once again do the booting for you. He grabbed 11. And the Chargers defense, they beat the Giants and they got six points. Jacob, what matchup do you have next? I believe that was oh, that all is of it. the matchups there, Johnny. You know, it was good to kind of see uh, kind of how the playoff ended up 
uh, formatting here as some teams did get some victories and some losses there. But uh, I thought it was a good week this week. And, uh, you know, it's I just wish the teams in the playoffs the best as we uh, go into the preview here. But you have any last thoughts on the breakdown? You know, Jacob, I think that this regular season ended in about as interesting of a fashion as it could have. There was a lot going on. There was a lot of teams that had the potential to get in. And, uh, you know, now it kind of feels good to have that playoff picture locked in for certain. All of those questions that we were asking all season long have been answered for the most part. I suppose now we have a couple of more new questions to ask as we proceed into these playoffs and get ever so closer to crowning a new Throne League champion. But with that being said, Jacob, I think it's the perfect time to stop uh, talking about it from this perspective and just actually get into previewing these matchups. Would you like to preview our first playoff matchup? Yes, I will preview the first one here. We'll take a look over at uh, Nutter versus Joe here. These are two teams uh, that kind of had different stories to the season, but they did end up winning down the stretch to propel them into a playoff spot. Both teams finished 5-5, five and five, and uh, kind of the reasons that they got to the playoffs. Joe here, he was uh, carried on the backs of... Uh, Nick Chubb and Justin Jefferson. Nick Chubb really got him over the hump in the beginning of the year. Hit some injury. It's where he kind of skid. And then Justin Jefferson emerged late into the season and became one of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, ranked at number two here going into the playoffs. So Joe uh, had some struggles on his team. Patrick Mahomes looked down this year. Still top five quarterback. And then Josh Jacobs had some decent games throughout the year. And then Lockett's been boomer bust every week. And, you know, he's been some reasons for him to win and then some lo some losses for him as well. Uh, but looking over at Nutter's team, he, he was kind of propelled. Uh, he acquired Aaron Rodgers through trade, which uh, solidified his team, gave him a solid quarterback to ride on throughout the year. And then his running back core. Uh, he's They've been injured quite a bit, uh, but Zeke and Gibson... Uh, we're good. DeAndre Swift still injured, but he was a huge role on his team. And then Michael Carter emerged as a pretty good running back midway through the season. And looks like he's going to be trying to get him to start this week as uh, he's coming off IR, hopefully. But so, yeah, kind of looking at these teams, they've had some similar storylines and some different ones, uh, but they uh, are primed and ready to win a matchup here. Uh, so, you know, looking at Joe's team, he's Got three solid players, and then Nutter's looking at about three or four for his team to kind of emerge and be the stars of the show. Um, but which one you got for us next? Oh, the uh, how the boys are looking at this one. Uh, it's broken down to a five to three split here. Nutter has the advantage here, but Joe's still got three votes. So, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, up in the air in the uh, eyes of the boys. Uh, what's the next one, Johnny? Jacob, let us take a look at Steno versus Jake, Garbage Team versus Taylor Made. Uh, this is a matchup between 10 and 4 Jake and 7 and 7 Steno. The victor of this matchup would indeed face Scott in week two of the playoffs. So let's see how they're going to get to there. Uh, starting off with Jake's team, uh, a bit of the story with his team this week. Obviously, Taylor is back, but there's uh, quite a few injury designations down the board of note. Austin Eckler currently carries a questionable designation. Terry McLaurin still carries a questionable designation. Aaron Jones is also questionable. And even the darn kicker, Graham Gano, is questionable. 
Um, he certainly does have some bench players that could potentially pop in, like an A.J. Dillon or a Chase Claypool, if the moment arose for that to happen. Um, so that will certainly be interesting to see what his final lineup is going to look this week, depending on how that shakes out. Uh, Eckler's designation should be cleared up rather soon because they are slated to play on Thursday Night Football as they host the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and then on the flip side, at Sino's team. Sino slid into the playoffs real casual-like. And his team, unlike Jake's, looks pretty darn healthy coming into this matchup. Tom Brady will play on Sunday Night Football against division rival New Orleans Saints. That'll be one to watch. David Montgomery's picked up a lot of steam since he's gotten healthy for those Chicago Bears. They play a game against Minnesota on Monday night. And, you know, Mike Evans. Mike Evans has been really, really good, especially when you have uh, Tom Brady, the quarterback, tossing him the ball on the same team. He's currently wide receiver number nine. Not too shabby at all. Pretty decent value for where he ended up getting him at in the third round there. So, I, you know, I think Steno, it's currently the matchup by ESPN's calculation is projected to go nine points in favor of Jake, 125.2 to 116.9. But I think this one might shape up to be uh, pretty close at the end of the day. Um, but actually, as a matter of fact, the boys uh, absolutely disagree with me there. This is a clean sweep, 100%. All eight of the votes casted are in favor of Jake this week. Obviously, he's been riding the uh, red-hot hand of Jonathan Taylor, who comes... Uh, <laughs> I mean, Jacob, just to read you off, what Jonathan Taylor has been doing this year is 20... Since week four, Jacob, 20... 32, 29, 18, 21, 34, 25, 53, 20, 25, and then he hit his bye week. So he's well-rested. He plays a big game against New England. That'll be interesting to see because Bill Belichick is well-known for taking a team's best player and almost entirely phasing him out of the game plan. So like I said, the winner of that matchup will indeed face Scott next week. Uh, that wraps up the playoff contenders for this week, Jacob. What other matchups are you previewing for us? Yeah, let's go take a look at the uh, first of the two wing-eating matchups here. We have Aiden versus Brian, currently projected 120.3 to Aiden and 110 to Brian. Uh, kind of, you know, both teams have had their struggles throughout the year. Aiden's team looked incredible at the beginning of the year and just fizzled out at the end. He did have a chance to make, make the playoffs going down the stretch but just uh couldn't make through so he ended up with the ninth overall team and then looking at brian's team he uh hit the injury bug pretty hard derrick henry went down for the year clyde was out for a while so you know his team was struggling for a bit there but you know looking into this matchup here uh as we talked about hurts for brian's team is he gonna start is he not that'll be a, a question mark going into that game and then leonard fournette's been a great player uh Leonard Fournette, number three ranked position for running back, which is a, a big surprise, but he's been solid all year and could be the difference maker in here to get Brian out of the wing eating uh, predicament. Uh, and then, you know, can DK pull together uh, when Brian most needs him? Uh, we'll see if he can do that. But, you know, Brian's got some uh, interesting players to throw in here. He's got Sterling Shepard and Dante Foreman as his wide receiver and then flex running back. So, uh, you know, his team's riddled with injuries, but, you know, he still manages to start a whole team and gets it through. Uh, but looking over at Aiden's team, uh, Taysom Hill has been pretty decent for him here at the end last week in a victory over Brian. And then uh, his traded for two running backs, uh, Chubba Hubbard and Cordell Patterson. Those will be interesting to see if uh, Cordell can hit the end zone a couple times as he's uh, known to do. And then Chubba Hubbard, if he can get the uh same reps that uh, Christian McCaffrey can. Uh, 
And then, you know, Darren Waller, who's proved uh, not to be the best this year, but uh, still always has the promise to go off in a game. And then you got Mr. Consistent, Chris Godwin, number six ranked wide receiver in the league. So uh, Aiden's team's pretty solid here. Uh, It's tough that he didn't make the playoffs, but uh, not counting either of them out here. Looking at how the boys are viewing this, though, this is a very split vote here. It's a seven to one split here. Uh, Aiden got the uh, bulk of the votes as Brian only received one. Uh, Johnny, you want to jump us over to the last of the wing eating matchup? Jacob, you know, they normally say let us leave the best for last. Uh, I'm not sure that that necessarily applies in this case. The matchup we're taking a look at here is you versus Jack, Allen's large, Gordon versus Camming, your neuters. The reason why I mentioned that, Jacob, is not anything to do with your team. As a matter of fact, your team doesn't look too, too shabby this week. Very similar to the one that you rolled out last week against me. It sees Josh Allen and Melvin Gordon, a lot of the usual suspects. Elijah Mitchell, although grant those three guys all do carry currently injury designations, so we'll have to monitor that situation. But I'm not sure if that will matter a whole ton. Uh, currently, Jack's team is slated to have no starters. Uh, each slot is empty. Uh, obviously, he still has all of his guys on his bench, so I'm not sure if he's going to end up making moves there. Uh, he still has some big-time players, Matthew Stafford, Delvin Cook. Uh, Julio Jones didn't look too bad last week. Javante Williams, Damian Harris. So we'll have to wait and see. Unfortunately, at this point, it would be all uh, basically just me guessing to see what Jack might put in there. But obviously, Jacob, uh, what's probably most insulting is that despite the fact that Jack is projected to score zero points this week because he has zero players in starting positions, uh, you only have a 93% chance to win, according to ESPN's metric. So there's a 7% chance, Jacob, that I suppose you end up with purely negative points uh, and Jack takes the victory by a total of zero points. Um, so taking a look at how the guys are viewing it, um, uh, five people are going for you, Jacob, and three are going for Jack. Now, those three people may have made their pick in haste and not realized what exactly Jack might be pulling off here. Again, he has plenty of time to make uh, inserts into his roster when he feels it, but currently they are not listed, so I can't really accurately preview the matchup, Jacob. So I guess I could say best luck to you. If it goes down the way it is, I think you got a pretty good shot at that one. Uh, but only that, a 93% chance, though. <laughs> only 93%, Jacob. There's 7% out there that something that those those gray-faced guys get the better of you, I suppose. Um, but that does wrap up. Uh, the preview portion, we previewed the first round of the playoffs and the first round of the the wing-eating competition, I suppose. I'm not sure how to exactly phrase that. Who will become the ultimate wing-eater, I suppose. Um, and we've hit most of the polls, Jacob, but we still have a couple more to talk about. Uh, we have a couple of new polls added this week um, to acknowledge the fact that we are now in the playoffs. You know, the regular season's behind us. So let's get some new polls in. So we have to talk about who is most likely to be the wing eater this year and who is most likely to be the champion according to the boys. Uh, starting off, let's take a look at the results for wing eater. There is one guy here who's going to take the largest margin, 62.5% or five votes will go to Jack. And then one vote will go to Brian, one vote will go to Aiden, and one vote will go to you, Jacob, to round out that pie chart. I guess maybe it should be a, a wing. I'm not sure exactly. How do you feel about those results? 62% going to Jack. Yeah, you know, when you don't start a single player, you know, I feel like that should be the majority there. But, uh, you know, I assume Jack's going to put a lineup in. Uh, but, yeah, you know, this is kind of up in the air. We've all had our struggles this year. We've all had our ups. So, you know, uh, I think next week will be a bigger 
contention for who's going to be the wing eater as it is half the amount of people there. But, you know, Jack getting the most amount of votes. It's interesting because he's super confident in his team, but he just couldn't get it done down the stretch to make the playoffs. Well said, Jacob. Now, unlike the wing eating poll, which saw all four candidates get cast a vote, not all six candidates got a vote in who will become the champion. Three votes, that's the most, went to Bryce. Two votes go to Scott. One vote to Joe, one vote to Jake, and one vote to Nutter. Uh, unfortunately, Steno is left holding his dick in his hand on this one as he received no votes. But, uh, you know, rest easy, Steno, because I'm pretty sure if we go back to the beginning of the season, these polls probably have been the most accurate anyway. So, Jacob, how do you feel about that? Bryce has the most and then followed up quickly by Scott, and the rest are split between Nutter, Jake, and Joe. Yeah, I think every team's got a shot to win it. Uh, Bryce and Scott's teams have been solid throughout the whole year. Uh, Jake has been right up there with them, but you know he does have some injuries going into this week, so we'll see. If the, he's healthy, Jake's right up there with those three guys, and then you can't count out the rest of the three of them. They can go on a run here and take the crown, uh, or the uh, good old throne, as you like to call it. Yeah, and I think that's honestly what what you want when you come to the playoffs is you want everyone to be competitive. Um, I certainly I think it's a bad look. I think people are really hating on Steno's team. He's got a very good team. I think he needs to be shown a little more love. But then again, it doesn't necessarily matter how much love you get in these polls. Really, all that matters is what happens on game day. Um, but with that being said, Jacob, the only thing between us and game day are the final power rankings for the 2021 season. Uh, these are, you know, the most comprehensive, the most well thought out, the most well studied from our power rankings committee. Uh, these guys have obviously slaved all season long. They've seen all the tape of every team of every game. And now they give us the most complete listing of the power rankings. Jacob, would you like to start us off one last time at number 12? Yes, I would. But first, I did want to give a round of applause to the committee putting this together. As you said, they slaved and they worked their asses off to give us the the best, most unbiased uh, throne league rankings you could ever get in the books. So just hats off to the boys uh, putting this all together, boys and girls. You know, I'm not going to be sexist here. But yeah, uh, I'll get right into it with number 12 coming in at number 12. He's staying put. It's Brian. Uh, he lost about nine straights, so he's staying right there. Who's at number 11? Now, before I get to number 11, keep in mind to all the guys out there, this is it. This is your final calling card for the 2021 season. There will be no more movement in the power rankings. Whatever number you are handed on is essentially your number in life. So I'm sorry, Brian, but you are the biggest loser, according to the power rankings committee this year. Uh, it's not my choice, so... You can keep rest easy on that. It's it was completely unbiased. So, like that being said, an, an even suckier, not an even suckier spot actually, a one less suckier spot. We'll go to Aiden. Aiden will hold up the number eleven spot. He did finish the year with the five and eight record. Showed a lot of promise early on, but it ultimately fizzled out. Tried to make a trade late in the season. Arguably, he can never get past that trade he made early on in the season. Who's in number ten, Jacob? Coming in at number 10, he's down three spots from last week. It's Jack. He skid down. He uh, lost a lot early, and he ends up at number 10. Who's at Yeah, number you nine? know, Jacob, as they say, he lost a lot early, a lot in the middle, and a lot late. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing around with you, Jack. But you did lose a lot of games this year, and uh, you get number 10 for that. Number 9, another guy who lost a lot of games this year. He's the guy sitting right beside me virtually, I suppose. That'd be you, Jacob, a 3-10 and 10 record. 
Not too shabby. You sit ahead of two guys with four wins and five wins, respectively, and Jack and Aiden. So you will take the number nine spot. You're up one from last week, as you did play the ultimate playoff spoiler this year. Who's number eight? Coming at number eight, it's the other guy across the desk. It's you, Johnny. You coming at number eight. You stay put from last week. Uh, You just missed out on playoffs, two points shy of making the playoffs, which is very unfortunate. Yeah, it's tough to be in that situation, Johnny, and I just hate I just hate to be in your situation. Uh, who's at number seven? At number seven, it's another guy who took a trip to a Heartbreak Hotel at the end of the regular season. That is Caden. Caden is left sitting on the outside looking in, much as I am, and for that, he ends up with number seven. Obviously, it seems as though the Power Rankings Committee has agreed with what the playoffs and how the playoffs are standing currently. So all 12 through number seven are currently out of the playoffs and they also get uh, that spot in the power rankings. Who's number six, Jacob? Coming in at number six, he's down one spot. He ended up taking a loss this week, but he solidified his uh, team to secure the playoff. It's Joe. He's in the playoffs, but he drops to the number six spot in the rankings. Who's at number five? At number five, the Slippery Snake, Steno. He wormed his way right into those playoffs. And, you know, he's actually, you know, give some credit here. People are talking about the credibility of this power rankings committee. He's been right around this position all season long. He's never been a guy who's moved up a ton or down a ton. He's always kind of stayed right there in the middle, right within striking range of those playoffs. He sits at number five, which is up one spot from where he was last week at number six. Who's number four, Jacob? Coming in at number four, he took a tough loss this week, but as well, he did solidify his playoff position early enough. He drops one spot, as said, uh, it's Nutter. Uh, Nutter, he's got a good team. He's looking to try to win another championship in the Throne League, and uh, he rounds out the top four here. Who's number three? At number three, he's going to bump down a spot after he went head-to-head with Bryce. That's Jake. You know, he didn't have Jonathan Taylor, so he's going to bump down to number three. But obviously, with Jonathan Taylor going forward, Jake's team is going to be one to watch uh, in the playoffs. Who's number two, Jacob? Coming in at number two, he's up two spots. He took down his cousin. It's Bryce. Bryce is the number two ranked team. He ends the season strong and he's looking to get a championship under his belt as he has not done that so far in his about seven years in the throne league uh, fantasy football. Uh, But who's at number one here? Uh, Good old Johnny. (laughs) At number one. This is, (laughs) boys, we are winding down here. At number one. It's a guy who certainly is familiar with the playoffs and certainly is familiar with playing in that championship game. He knows what it takes. And the Power Rankings Committee apparently favors that experience pretty highly because Scott, once again, is going to find himself at number one. Obviously, he beat fellow playoff competitor Nutter to secure his number one spot so he will finish you know there was some question there for a little bit scott was you know sort of on that outer edge for a while looking in at bryce and jake at that number one spot but he finally he took it on the last few weeks of the season and he held on to it and he'll finish there um so jacob you know that wraps up the final power rankings of the 2021 fantasy football season any final comments on where the guys are basically i guess put to rest now this is this i just want to hammer it home this is their stock that's it you will forever be remembered for the 2021 season as your number that you've just been given out. So any final comments, Jacob? Yeah, not really. You know, we've had some very consistent teams that have 
solidified as the being like the top spots in the league but uh there's also been a lot of tight calls and some guys just wiggling around in the middle area we did end up having i think what five or six teams that ended at seven and seven this year which uh is very interesting and you know it decided so much going into the playoffs but yeah i i've had a good year this year and i'm just hoping that i don't have to eat the wings uh as you know i'm pretty confident my team i think they could perform enough to get me uh out of that contention here this week well said as always jacob well that does as a matter wrap up uh all of the agenda for this episode this uh breakdown of the final week of the regular season and preview of the first week of the playoffs the stage is set as they say jacob and now all that is left is for us to watch and see what happens so we have to wish luck to guys like joe and nutter as they go head to head this week and stino and jake they will also meet up head to head and as you mentioned all the guys competing for the wings jack and you and uh brian and aiden so best of luck to all of you guys competing out there this week uh the middle finger of the week i guess goes to me and caden as our game it somehow matters the least out of everything that's playing this week um and caden you know is further reinforced that with the lineup he has set out this week but as i said jacob i'm beginning to ramble here that does wrap up this week of the throne league podcast as always it's been a pleasure boys and it's been a pleasure jacob uh, and I guess I'll see you next week. Yep, it's always a pleasure to listen to your uh, your voice, and you know I'm just excited to see how this uh, first week wraps up. But it's been great, fellas, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. See you, boys.